If you're just tuning in, welcome. This is Mango Masala, the South Asian show. My name's Gerns and Ramadan Mubarak to everyone who is celebrating. Wishing you the best month ahead for you, your family and friends. Simran, you you haven't been there for a while. You introduce it. Hey, what's up, you guys? You're tuned in to Mango Masala live on Pi Radio, South Asian, Pi Radio, South Asian show. It's Gerns, it's Simran, it's Halima. What's happening? Come like Alan Sugar, you're fired. I've not watched The Apprentice this year, you know. I don't understand. I really don't understand it. Sorry. All I saw was that woman, Karen, uh, making everyone cry. Yeah, I saw it on Gogglebox. I watched it on Gogglebox. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. When I say a lot of things that I say that I've seen, it means I've watched it through Gogglebox. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I, I've told people that I know what happens in like full on like series of shows and I'm like, and then they'll ask me, cause I know the ending and then they'll ask me like a specific detail. Like, oh, what about this character? And I'll be like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. No, I don't have a clue what you're on about. <laughs> anyway, regardless of how long it's been, how are you doing Simran? How's corporate yeah, you know? life treating you? <laughs> Do you know what, man? I was going to say like, all you lot are saying that I've been lost to corporate life and I was going to argue, but it's actually so true. I've got nothing to say for myself. Man down, man down. Other than like, you know what? I actually, in one, not even in a day, I think in the same, like in this, in two emails back to back, I use the phrase circle back and touch base and I'm not happy with myself. <laughs> not happy with myself. I don't know who I've become. You know, like, okay, I was saying this to one of my friends, right? If I'm on a call with someone and I'm like leading on the call and I'm like explaining things or whatever and the call's over, whatever, after an hour or something, put the phone down and I've like said all these things, I'll put the phone down and then I'll literally be like, who was that that possessed my body for the last hour and said all that garbage? Because the things I come out with, I didn't even know my brain was like (laughs) capable of like using these phrases. I've become everything that I swore I wouldn't, basically, is what I'm trying to say. What what the corporate world does to you. Five months in, man. It was my five month anniversary four days ago. And this is me. Congratulations. No, well, you're saying congratulations. My probation's not even done yet. How long is your probation? Six months. There's a long probation. You have probation as a... um... It's not a grad scheme. Oh, is it not? No, it's like a, it's like a, I don't know what the alternative, like a permanent, just a normal job in it. Yeah. Could someone ask me how I'm doing? Oh, sorry. How are you, Carlos? I'm annoyed because... Bianca back. How are you coping without her? Oh, she's yeah, back on Sunday. Um, okay, not long to go. Oh, she's not yeah. gone for that long. No, 10 days, so. Yeah. It's fine. But yeah, so I'm home alone with me and Papa Dom the dog. It's chilling. But I'm annoyed because um, I saw a news article which was saying about how certain Bollywood songs have been removed from Spotify. Um, oh, Carla Tushma. Yeah, which, as you know, is part of my gym routine. So now what am I meant to do? Gala <laughs> Tashima's been taken off Spotify. Yeah, loads of Bollywood songs because the deals end. The deals amended for them and they haven't been able to strike up a new one. So Firstly, Spotify, get it together. Mm. Secondly, nah, but you know what, I'm not gonna lie. To a Drake song. What? No. I have to go find Gala Tashima. Are you telling me I'm gonna have to like stream like illegally stream Gala Tashima? No, so guys, this is what I'm about to say. This this has been the case for like a lot of Bollywood songs that I like that are not on Spotify, like period. Um, SoundCloud 
is a good option. Or just YouTube. It depends. YouTube, yeah. Is. But SoundCloud is... The annoying thing with YouTube, unless you have, like, premium, you can't close your screen. Like, you have to watch How much video is YouTube it. premium? I'd like to know. Um, I'm not sure legally, but illegally, I know a lot of people change their vpn to like yeah. india and play like pay like 11 pence a month or something like that i don't know yeah we're not advising anyone should do that but just so you know that is uh, we're just observing yeah. that some people do but i keep on noticing i swear youtube have just gone mad on ads and, and the fact is how am i used to it how am i used to it now like I, i'm used to sitting there for 15 seconds i'll before tell watching you what anything. is wrong is back-to-back non-skippable ads mm. That's where it yeah, got me that when is I realized morally corrupt. When I made the realization the other day that they do that, it wasn't even that longer that I realized, but that's when I realized this is getting out of hand. So like what? What for the future then? Back to back like one minute non skippable? We'd be it's screwed. Not we don't have because they're trying, they're trying to incentivize they're trying to incentivize YouTube um premium in it. But then I feel well. like you're just gonna make YouTube such a bad user experience for the people using it free. It's you're, you're just gonna en- let a competitor enter the market. What is wrong with me? Who said that? No, but... That is, oh, do you know what? I'm actually done. You're, you're, you're right, but also, like, I can't see that ever Anyone being Anyone shining a light to yeah. YouTube. No, yeah. because yeah. no one will be able to get the people to submit the videos to a platform that's not YouTube. Do you know what I mean? Unless yeah. TikTok does it. I could see TikTok doing it. Because they've already got 10 minute videos and people's attention spans are so bad now past one to three minutes. I feel like people just switch off anyway. It's yeah. true. But then also obviously you've got they get these like 20 minute vlogs, all this like drama about China and stuff. They've got all the official devices being forced to remove it from their phones and stuff. So yeah, that's the thing. Like when I have conversations with people about TikTok, they'll say like people in China do not use it. They're not allowed to use it because China literally acknowledges how bad it is for you. Interesting. But they'll happily sell it to everyone else. But apparently in America, there's American creators are saying that apparently there's a TikTok ban in the works or they're speaking about it. Yeah, no, they have. So all government devices in America, they have to get rid of it off their phones, etc. And then also they're doing it here as well. And even at the BBC, apparently as well. Because of like data and privacy or because it just mashes your brain up because of the data and privacy oh <gasps> that's so messed up yeah but i think with a lot of stuff it is kind of like i feel like it might it probably is happening i mean the the way the algorithm knows exactly what you want they have to be taking some kind of information but i do feel like as immediately the second it's not like a western person or power that is doing that immediately it's like oh it's really bad when realistically it's probably happening you know what i, I don't mean? know if it's necessarily that or if it's more just like that if it's, it's another country period like it's another country that and they're not even like ally countries for them to be like oh yeah you're stealing everyone's data it is uh china like it's sinophobia um because they are historically like the u.s's russia and china are form like the u.s's big competitors and it's like, for example, for example, we're seeing like Putin's obviously being um, charged for international war crimes, which is like fair enough. But then it's like, what about all the Western leaders that have arguably done very similar things and they're left? They haven't faced any kind of consequences. Mm-hmm. Where's, uh, where's Tony Blair in all of this? Where's George Bush in all of this? That's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. 
So I think it is. I think it's fair to like be like it's. You don't have to say that, for example, what China taking data or Putin what he's doing in Ukraine is necessarily right it's wrong but it's a it's different standards it's for example you know the way people are like oh my god animal abuses in china oh it's so disgusting they're farming their commercial farming industry the commercial farming standards are so bad blah 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 blah, blah. okay well have you seen a a, a a battery farm in the uk yeah the us have you seen the dairy d- dairy industry in the us like come on and also this whole idea of like oh this you know the animals that they eat and stuff and i'm like okay well just because we um, normatively domesticated a number of animals does not now mean that one is inherently okay to eat as opposed to the other one. Yeah, exactly. It's just xenophobia. <laughs> but anyway, we've gone a bit of a tangent there. It's time for... Bad Vibes Island. Yeah, do you want to sing along, Simran? We haven't had your version yet. <laughs> no, I would do everyone a favour and not do that. <laughs> Carlos, she's not an attention seeker like you and I. No, I'm an attention seeker. I'm just self-admitting that I can't sing. Right. Halima, do you want to do it? Yeah, yeah, go on, go on, go on. Count me in. Three, two, one. Bad Vibes Island. Do you play the real theme tune over it? Yeah, I do. That's okay, why mine course. sound better because I'm actually in tune, unlike you. Whoa. Okay, I'm not. I I won't take that to offence. Actually, um, a lot of people in my life tend to say that I must try to be as tone deaf as I am. Like they sometimes I'll sing and my family will hit me around the head and be like, "You're trying right now. You're trying to be bad." Because there's no way that's just that comes naturally to you. Nah, you lot haven't heard me sing. Swear down, Simran. I really want to now. I only sing in my car. Yeah, I, fo- I swear you said that, like, when you sing in your car, you sound good to yourself. No, I sound bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said... Oh, go on, give us a little taste. Hell no. I said, I... Basically, I feel like I am a good singer in terms of, like, skill, like, volume, whatever, like, projection, all the technical bits, yeah, I feel like I've got it down, tone, all that, yeah, like, I can switch up. Some, like, songs that I feel like are quite hard to sing, I feel like I can do them really well. It's the sounding good part that I can't really do. Yeah, I feel that. So, like, I'm hitting notes, <laughs> high, stop low, nodding. loud, <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice, but it don't sound nice. Fair enough. Not everyone is as talented as I am. <laughs> nah, fair. Right. Anyway, going back to serious stuff. So this week's Bad Vibes Island revolves around a report that has been published. Um, this is going out on Saturday, but it came out on Tuesday um, or Monday evening. It's by Baroness um, Casey. And basically following the um, rape, abduction, murder of Sarah Everard in 2021 um by serving officer wayne cousins um they um decided to do this look into the metropolitan police because he was a serving officer for that force um and this 300 page report has basically found what we arguably have all already thought slash knew um that Um, The report has found that the Metropolitan Police is institutionally racist, misogynistic and homophobic. 
So just to go through a few findings from the report in regards to racism, um, it's the usual. There's been a number of just outright over racist remarks made towards fellow officers, including um, one Sikh officer's beard being cut because they thought it was funny and another's turban being put in a shoebox. Also, one Muslim officer's um, boots being filled with bacon in the locker room. Um, outside of the goodness, court. this is sounding yeah. like what led to the Indian mutiny. Mm. For those who aren't aware, outside of the force as well, um, one officer witnessed a senior colleague calling a white woman a n-word lover as she was buying drugs from a black person, um, and also they found that the disproportionate um, intimate searches of certain races support the claim that the adultification of black children is present within the force. Moving on to homophobia, around one in five LGBTQ plus Met officers have experienced homophobia within the force. Um, One openly gay officer actually saw messages between colleagues planning to target him for stop and searches whilst off duty. And he's literally said, he said, I, I think, I know this sounds funny, but I am scared of the police. I don't trust my own organisation. I will vary the route I walk to avoid walking past police officers when I'm not at work. Um, moving on to sexism. So you got sexism in terms of towards the public. Um, officers have claimed that the detection rate, so that's where a suspect is identified, for rape in London is so low that it's basically been legalised. Um, oh sexual assault evidence has been continuously destroyed and or lost due to poor storage conditions. Um, and many victims have described being gaslit by officers who invalidated their feelings and made them feel like what they experienced was not a crime. Then within the force, um, you've got a number of um, female police officers have been uh, sexually assaulted and or abused by male colleagues nothing's happened um i had one um read about one particular case where they begged multiple times to be um separated from this other person at work and they refused because she wouldn't disclose the reason for which why she wanted to be separated um some officers have expressed the view that colleagues arrested for rape should be bailed and allowed to return to work. A report also heard of a training desk where men held competitions on how often they can make their female students cry. Also, there was evidence of grooming. So one officer in particular groomed a domestic abuse victim um, whilst an, um also not actually getting any evidence um, to support the original abuse claim, which then fell through as a result of that. Um, he then cut contact with the victim when he was getting investigated for a separate um, inappropriate relationship with another um, extremely vulnerable victim and then resigned from the force before his gross misconduct hearing could take place. And finally... Just this evidence of it being just a general toxic environment. So they have these allegedly initiation rituals, which include being urinated on, being sexually assaulted in the showers, eating food until one vomits. Um, What? Yeah. (laughs) Officers claimed that those who refused to participate were ostracized and considered not to be part of the team. 
um, officers have also adapted the strategy of using the code word landslide whilst on group chats to indicate when they've been compromised, at which point they would delete all evidence and start a new one. And that's just a bit. This is 300 pages, right? So this is just like a bit from those 300 pages. I'm not going to lie. You're there. You're talking. You're talking. You're talking. You're talking. I'm thinking, how much more? How much? When is this going to end? And it's just getting worse and worse and worse with everything that we're hearing. I mean, obviously, nothing that they're saying about the the kind of fundamental structural issues that they're pointing to in terms of racism, sexism, homophobia is a surprise to any of them. But I will credit the police force with being imaginative and very creative. That is one yeah. concession I will allow them. They're really, their job description is, uh, what are all the imaginative and creative ways in which you can uh, reproduce racism and uh, homophobia and sexism? I think that, the fact that was, is as well, it's just the fact that it's not even, it's not even just external, it's internal as well, it's within the actual force, do you know what I mean? Like, So that's the bit that's like rattling me a little bit in it, because obviously we talk all the time about how individual officers need to kind of, even the good ones, right, um, need to take accountability for being part of the institution that they're part of. How on earth, like, I'm not, like, trying to... Obviously, it's horrible to be a victim of any kind of, like, hate. But also, like, what kind of cognitive dissonance do you need to say I'm scared of the police force and then you're really there in the police force? I mean, I suppose playing devil's advocate, they would argue, oh, but if I leave, then there'll be no good ones in there. I get it, but then that's that's not... It's The option isn't just to stay or leave. The option is to leave and then, you know, uh, lobby and, and campaign for change yes or abolishment you know well that's the thing this report has literally said like a significant overhaul probably is what's needed here which is obviously Mm -hmm. what people have been saying for time but Mm -hmm. yeah the the people who are um who, who these findings have come from they're really singing like a canary that's the interesting thing i found is that in that they're so willing to share this information which obviously shows that people aren't happy. Um, but then also it's a case of what is it that has been preventing them from coming forward before? And the only thing that comes to my mind is probably being incredibly scared of what will happen to them if they do so. Any thoughts, Simran? Bad vibes. Bad vibes island, indeed. I mean... Guys, abolish the whole police force. Come on, like, I don't know how many more wake-up calls you lot need. I don't know how many more. It is kind of like, I'm glad that there's statistic and anecdote and all of these things to kind of be able to uh, objectively and officially and formally, uh, you know, prove what we already know, you know, that the police is institutionally racist, sexist, homophobic. But it's kind of like, how many more versions of the same report are we going to get? Throughout history, how many... Even on our show, we've spoken about similar reports, like, how many times? Like, two, three times? Twice already, maybe? You know? like Yeah. It's like every time that I add on allegedly, you're like, yeah, allegedly, but literally, there's already reports that are saying this. Do you know what I mean? It, and it is, it's what they always do. Like, it's... Um, what, was the, what was the last report they had that... I can't remember. There was a re- there was another one like maybe last year or the year before. It was the one that admitted show. that they were uh, structurally 
racist institutionally sure. racist that yeah. one isn't it yeah i mean th- this is just another one again but my point is is that this is what happens it's like the met or just the police force in general will do something absolutely disgusting absolutely awful which will call into its integrity and its um the 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 necessity of the police force right as it is anyway um and instead of like genuine accountability and reform uh, they'll be like okay we'll do an investigation into it they do an investigation they find the same thing that i've been finding that they've been finding for the past 30 years and then nothing happens mm-hmm. like literally nothing happens we've been new yeah all of this you know like they are as i said very creative iterations of what we already knew but what's next like what is the use of this report if nothing follows which is historically what we've seen every single time there's a report it comes out people are kind of like oh my god this is so bad this is so awful and then what yeah like i've already seen i think it was um at some um sitting in parliament suella braverman has um, said in response to it that the Met Police have got a long way to go. It's like, well, again, like we're saying, if it's literally this low, I really don't see what the issue is with scrapping things and starting right from the beginning again and actually having a proper think about... If this much stuff is happening, like, like this is so broken, I don't think it ever could it, it i mean obviously we know that it's never been unbroken but you know what i mean it's just beyond reform There's, it's, it's, yeah it's beyond redemption like i don't know what part of the police force you're looking at and you're thinking yeah that's the bit that i want to keep like i don't i don't know what when when it is as awful as it is i don't know what part of it is 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 redeemable yeah. you know or good or or necessary yeah, the fact that you've literally got officers saying that rape in London is effectively legalised because the um, rate of actual um, suspect identification is so low. Um, I also don't think that's a very good statement to actually put out anywhere because I think that's mm. just going to let people know that, like, yeah, there are absolutely no consequences for me doing this to somebody. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's a very good thing to put on a very pub- public platform that everyone in the country is going to read. But to, to be fair, though, like having said that, when you when you said that, uh, so obviously I already know this phenomenon. We already know. We already know that um, kind of conviction rates for rape are mm. like disgustingly low. But that the way they said it, that it's basically legal, um, was quite poignant. Like no, I no, feel like I one hundred percent agree, and I get why. I just don't think it's a great piece of like information to put out there to for out like there, the whole no, country no. to read. Because what does it say to people that you know would do something like? It's a shame. Rape? It's actually a shame. Yeah, it's actually a shame that we can't say we can't we can't shine a light on this because it might actually inspire. Yeah. That's but the all kind you're of... saying is all you're saying to potential perpetrators of that crime is that it is legal. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. That's mad. That's, That's mad. why that I don't you, think that, it's a good... I 100% agree it's poignant and it makes the impact, but I just don't think it was a good thing to put out there. The way it was worded, I just that don't we can't think it even... was clever. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy that we can't even talk about it in earnest. And no, like say we what definitely it actually can't. Is because, because, like, who who on earth thinks that, oh, no, I can't, I can't talk about rape because if I talk about how awful the conviction rates are oh, it might actually inspire rapists what the- no but i just that's literally where my mind went when i read it because i was thinking like this is just going to make people it's going to give that's people awful. the green light this among every other thing that we've spoken about in bad vibes island and this show in general i just think like so i looked on social media when this came out this morning on like one post and looked through the comments and all the comments were just like yeah 
we knew this so and what nothing's gonna change right oh my god i just think like the people i know how many times they're like oh let's go to like let's be like france and riot fair enough that's one way to look at it but i just think like the people of this country are fatigued at the moment like we're just from brexit onwards i just think we actually just we've been done with this government everything they've done has been like heinous unbelievable like it's it's one thing after another that you just think it can't get worse after this and it just keeps getting worse <laughs> And more ridiculous, like more just like Black Mirror, like using Black Mirror as a comparison point is an understatement. It's just getting to the point where like, it's just a joke. Nothing's real anymore. And I think it does kind of reinforce the idea, like, or the question in my head is to like, touch wood, I hope to never be in a position where I need to seek emergency help. But I also, I constantly find myself wondering what, who would I actually call because and I'm not I'm not saying as to what people should do but me personally I just don't feel like I would want to call the police my family anything. already don't my family yeah. already don't like things have things have happened in our family where we've been victims of certain things or like in you know normal situations we would need police help and we just haven't bothered like I would even I would even like use that example and compare it to like if you were in a medical emergency would you go to a and e what's the point you're gonna sit in a waiting room for eight hours with people in the exact same situation as you to get care like i feel like in that sense we're slowly devolving into like america where people would rather get an uber to the hospital than pay four hundred dollars on insurance to get an ambulance yeah wasn't that literally your cousin said that Halima, like when they were talking about when they twisted their ankle, like literally they did that exactly. She just thing. went to bed. She yeah. just went to bed. She was like, her friends said, shall I call an ambulance? And she was like, nope. She went home and went to bed. All in all, like I said, I, I like, we obviously put something out on Instagram about this and I literally said like, not really surprised, not really much to say. It's just here's the information. Like, There's nothing to say. There's literally nothing to say anymore. Yeah, there's there's no um, comment. There's no profound insight that I could possibly give you that no one on this show or anyone else in the entire country has given at this point. Yeah. We're tired. That is literally all I have to say is that I'm tired. Everyone's tired. That's why I'm always running away, guys. (laughs) Can't handle it. Oh my God, guys, I'm anemic diagnosed everyone's anemic these days yeah yeah. but you know when i was younger when i was younger i used to complain about being tired obviously asian parents straight away a blood test you're obviously anemic i wasn't anemic i was just tired um now anemic welcome to the club when i was saying that i wasn't saying it like oh everyone's anemic i was literally because halima obviously has been anemic then mayank is anemic and now you're anemic because literally everyone's anemic yeah it must just be like it's a, not know, it's, it's not coming. it's not fun it's not it's very it's very the rates are very high in south asian women yeah um but it's actually very like my friends and family take the mick out of me because i'm always like it actually fully like dictates my life like there are times when i genuinely cannot like lift my arm because i'm that tired like you know, sometimes I can't even open a door because I'm that weak. When my period comes, I'm dead to the world for the first two days. That's like, it's actually horrendous. It's horrendous. That's me, it's so bad. I feel really bad for you, Simran. Did they tell you what your level was? 
no i just got the text um actually horrible story i got the text and it was like 9 p.m at night for some reason and i was still working i was in like the throes of working like i was in such a bad mood this day my spreadsheet deleted itself twice and i don't know how that happened because it's backed up yet completely deleted itself never seen that happen before um delete itself not once but twice and then looked at my phone and it was like hi you need to um call your doctor asap to discuss low iron um and like the other stuff and the rest of your blood test results so i still need to call them because i haven't got around to doing that um i'm just gonna give you supplements to be honest that's fine but yeah when i tell you you know that day my mum afterwards she was like um i could hear banging at one point like what was going on i was smacking my head against my desk I was like smashing oh, my head into my desk. I lost the plot that day. This was last Wednesday. <laughs> but do you know what though? You, listen, you have resilience. Like you didn't give up and Event's you did the done. work. The event went great. You know, like, you know me, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm a giver upper. You know, people all the time, you only ever hear one side of the story when people talking about resilience, don't give up, follow your dreams, work hard can't relate my the my the motto that i preach the life philosophy that i follow is give up guys normalize giving up normalize giving up when something is a little bit too hard when things aren't going your way it's not everyday resilience give up but i hike that's fine now i'm burnt out yeah listen me when things get too tough I've, i've given up i'll get back into bed that's it i'm not dealing with it anymore the, you're saying your uh, spreadsheet crashed after the second time. That would never happen to me. After the first time, I'm in bed. Oh no, I'm I just gave myself a concussion to deal with it. Yeah. Um. When? How old was I when we started the show? How long has it been? Two and a half years, nearly. Yeah. So you will have been twenty-one. Was I? Would I be in second year or third year? Third year. Yeah. I complained about being burnt out in my third year. I spent the entire master's complaining about being burnt out. I then did a thesis on burnout and talked about the irony of me being burnt out about said thesis. And then I got a job and now I'm burnt out again. Isn't life funny? I just feel like you need to take your own advice, Simran. I just feel like, you know what? The advice... No, yeah, do you know no, what? Like, no, I'm over no, it. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, <laughs> no not. Sorry. Simran, I, I, don't think, I don't think I was ever going to tell anyone in my life to stop being so resilient. But stop being so resilient. No. It's from it's from um, years and years of having to be resilient. And now I've got this weird hyper-independence complex about like having to deal with everything myself. Can't ask for help. Must not ever deal with anything shared it's my problem and my problem only but i will complain to it about it to everyone like i'm not that resilient that i'll just be like oh silent <laughs> suffering absolutely not it's everyone's problem everyone should just not practice everyone should practice giving up guys yeah. the next time for those of you who are listening the next time you know things get a little overwhelming next time you start struggling a little bit just give up tell just you what one thing what happens though, the world is not gonna end that's what i learned oh i hear that you know what i say the world all is the not time. gonna end all the time at work i say it's pr not er uh, exactly exactly i feel like this is a good like content thing we should do halima tries 
has to do not giving up for a day and Simran has to give up every oh. day. You know oh. what? The other day, like someone was trying to make plans. I give up. I, I give up. I give up already. Yeah, she, <laughs> give give, she gives idea. up on not giving up. The other day, I someone was trying to make idea. plans and I was like, I think I said like, oh, how's the third weekend of June? Obviously, yeah, no, it's, that's, it's that's just, I'm not going to lie. That's just, I, I'm not going to lie. That's just adult life. Like, I just, I yeah, hit, but like, they were, but like, this is 22. like, we've been trying to make plans since Nottingham. Like, it's just been yeah, back and yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's been me saying like, I can't do this date, can't do this. There's three other people in this group chat and they can do all these dates. It's just me being like, I can't do this date, can't do this date. And they were literally like, what is wrong with you? Can you just like sit down? They're like, if you're not working on a Sunday or working eight to eight, you're either doing something. Like, when are you ever sitting? When are you ever sitting down? And I was like, I'm not. I am the, just the simply thing not. Is, yeah, the working thing is not the one. You need to relax, girl. Relax. Yeah. No, no, no. Can't relax. Start saying no. Start saying no. No. Well, people ask me, a... can you do this? Start saying no. Another thing we wanted to talk about today with what's going is what's going on in Punjab at the moment. So, um, just a disclaimer: none of us are that expertly advised in this area. Um, but we have got the inf- basic information here, so I'm just going to read through that and then have a bit of a chat about what has happened up until this point. Worth bearing in mind as well that we're speaking on Tuesday the 21st of March, so by the time this goes out on Saturday the 25th, things might have changed. Um, if so, hopefully I'll be able to make a bit of a disclaimer. Right, so all of this um, ongoing um, trouble in Punjab is basically related to a guy called Amrit Paul Singh. He's a 30-year-old leader of the organization Varis Punjab Day, which pronounce um, which translates to heirs of Punjab. So this political organization was formed in September 2021 by actor activist Deep Sidhu with the aim of getting more rights for farmers um, from the union government. Um, Deep Sidhu K sorry Amrit Pal Singh came back to India in 2022 to take over leadership of the group um, from Deep Sidhu after he died in a car accident. Um, I think I actually do remember that happening. Actually, it was like February yeah. last year. And it's a very contested car accident in which people are Dubious essentially uh, they're accusing the Indian government of orchestrating the car accident and his death. Yeah, which isn't surprising given that he was so outspoken on farmer rights, etc. That's and for those of you that don't know, it's also very not surprising and completely feasible given the decades-long history of violence against Punjabis in India. Mm. Yeah, so once Amritpal Singh took over in Varus Punjab Day, um, he then kind of turned it into more of an organisation that fought for the rights of Punjab rather than purely being farmer related. Um, he has been accused of using hate speech um, and his armed supporters have been accused of violence. He's been very outspoken in his support for the cause of Khalistan, um, which is obviously the separatist, separatist movement calling for a separate homeland um, for the people of Sikh faith. Um, as a result of this, his Twitter account um, was suspended by authorities and they've been following his activities carefully. Um, it's worth bearing in mind as well that the Khalistan movement is actually banned in India because officials see it and affiliated groups as a national security threat. Listen, I'll say one thing. <laughs> one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. 
Yeah, one hundred percent. Because we talk about these things, and like when it's actually affecting you, then you look at it so differently. Because like you're saying all these things about how they're being viewed as this, and they're like their activities are being monitored. If you were looking at it from a different lens, you would probably be like, "Yeah, oh my god, they're inciting violence." That this that. But when you actually know the other person's perspective, and that's your lived experience, it's like, nah, exactly what you said, Alima. Yeah. I never, I never look at. No, that's why when you said hateful speech and violence, I, look, I went yeah. at this time. Yeah. yeah, and what kind those of things speech, and what those kind things. Of that's what I mean. That those things, even if they had occurred, they're like a drop in the ocean compared to the movement they're actually representing. It's just a tactic used to make them look like aggre- aggressive, to villainize Listen, them, I'm not to make lie. them look like terrorists. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know what my opinion is on uh, political well, violence in general, but specifically political violence. I'm sorry, you name me one historical movement of freedom or liberation that was one without any kind of violence yeah, um, and kind of generally speaking on the Khalistan movement um, I am of the opinion that um, any time a, a people a, a demographic of people want to be free they should just be free they should just let they should be allowed to be free it's really not any more profound or complex or yeah and i just think the movement has just been taken over by the indian government to look like it's a bunch of like animalistic violent ravaged people that are like out for blood and that's not what it is and it's not what it ever has been about and awesome. you have to look at it in the context of violence against sikh punjabis in india over the centuries that is that is always the case with any separatist movement with any um uh, uh, like a freedom movement, um, the the state that they're trying to break away from, that's their kind of like uh, relied tactic is to always paint these people out to be as terrorists, as violent, as um, as as wrong Ill- to illegitimize. The, the Again, and like struggle. actually, quite recently, look at the whole thing with like Gary Lineker and what he said. I know that's another point of contention, but again, it's looking at language used that we do it in this country against people coming in and stuff like that like how you marginalize a group and make them look like subhuman through the language you use against them in the media that you portray to millions of people you you subtly and slowly start putting in these ideas that these people are not worth care refuge rights and then later down the line we've seen it in the past it then validates and gives people the excuse to incite violence against them or to sanction them yeah so speaking on the most recent happenings in regards to this um the crackdown on um amritpal singh and virus punjab day most recent one um came after his supporters apparently stormed a police station in february demanding the release of an aide who had been arrested in the process, several police officers were injured and police vehicles were damaged. Um, now, the 30-year-old Amrit Singh has been on the run since this Saturday, so Saturday the 18th of March, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and over the weekend, his supporters staged protests in Punjab, the obviously majority Sikh state. Um, the Obviously, his supporters are massively um, saying that he hasn't done anything wrong and obviously that he um, is being treated unfairly, 
that he sort is, of thing. In my opinion. <clears throat> That's another thing as well, isn't it? It's interesting, like, um, what what labels, like, we're talking about language. It's, in, it's interesting what labels are, res- are reserved for who. Like, um, this group of people, um, they're the terrorists, they're violent, they're wrong. And yet it's the Indian government... Them. Well, not necessarily just that, but like they're the terrorists, they're the ones who are violent. But then the Indian government, when they're enacting like institutional violence against these the, this demographic of people, all of a sudden they're not terrorists. When you look at the dictionary definition of terrorism, it's mm-hmm. anyone who it's, it's the use of violence uh, to obtain a political means. You know, from the top of my that's head, that's exactly what, what that's I mean what when I'm saying like when we look at the context of violence against Punjabis in India. It, yeah. Going back not even that far, there has been so yeah, yeah, many yeah. unlawful yeah, yeah. arrests, so much violence, so many like ransacked like villages, so many raids that are justified under the most garbage reasons. Genocide attempts that have occurred in yep. my mum's lifetime. 1984 yep. is the biggest one. And that was literally yep. what? Not in even living 40 memory. years ago. It's living memory. Yeah, 100%. And people are still uh, how is, so how that. Is that? How is that not terrorism? That's what, exactly. But that's the the image they've portrayed and Um, to your point Carlos what they've done as well is they've switched off the internet in all those areas and it's actually it's actually due to come back on tonight in the majority of Punjab and not all of it um there's a lot of key districts that is still not being switched on for but like Twitter's been banned and mobile data and wi-fi has been cut off and this is supposed to be a democracy a democratic country the biggest democracy in the world, mm. India, yeah. Yeah, well, this is the thing. Their reason for doing that is, um, or their justification for it, is saying that it is to A, keep the peace, and B, prevent the spread of fake news, which I read as prevent the as, spread yeah. of whatever they Non-Indian don't want. Non-Indian governmental yeah. news. And just a heads up, people, on this, if you are listening... Um, there's a big protest going on. Oh no, it's not even going to come out before that. It's tomorrow. It's on Wednesday, twenty second of March. Hope you guys attended. If you listen to this on Saturday, but um, I'm sure there'll be more because, unfortunately, I don't think the situation is going to let off anytime soon. I was just going to say it's no, it's no secret what we think and feel about the Indian government, largest democracy in the world, um, and whatever fascist fear we have for Western leaders has crystallized has already crystallized and then some over in india and obviously it doesn't get the same kind of international condemnation because the victims are brown you know they're muslim they're sikh they're um whoever's just not hindu (laughs) high caste hindu so Mm. yeah this is obviously a wider kind of conversation on um uh kind of hindutva politics in india like we can't obviously it's very um uh, uh geographically like spatially uh, uh localized and culturally localized to um the sikh struggle but it is a larger kind of uh continuation of hindutva politics yeah so as of um, today, Tuesday the 21st, um, Punjab Police India Twitter has stated that 112 people have been arrested so far, um, allegedly supporters slash protesters in support of Amrit Pulsing. He, on the other hand, is apparently still on the run. So um, 
they're still on the search for him, allegedly. However, many Sikh organizations have expressed concern and denied that um, Amrit Paul Singh is a fugitive, claiming that there are videos online that have actually shown his arrest. Um, some have even gone as oh, far to say God that they think they think that he might have been killed, or that oh, his extrajudicial murder is actually being planned as we speak. So, and that doesn't. I really hope that's not the case. I know because yeah, if yeah. that is the case, he was just added to a long list of activists, like Khalistani activists in yeah. Punjab, who have yeah. coincidentally all died in freak accidents, starting with like Sidhu Musiala, Deep Singh, like all of them. There's a long list of people if you look at it that have been falsely arrested, tortured, or killed, mm. um, and they all just happen to be supporting the same cause, and they're all like fit and healthy, like young men. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, today, um, the High Court in Punjab demanded to know how has the the one main guy that you are actually after managed to escape arrest when 80,000 police personnel are on the lookout for him? Like, how, how, how could that possibly have happened? That like, is a very scary thought. That's a very scary thought. World's biggest democracy. There, you got me to sing. That's a very... It's not even funny, I'm not going to laugh. But that's a that's a very scary thought. Like <clears throat> the thing that the, the kind of like the save the solace that you have in the situation, like okay, yeah, maybe he's in hiding and like he's gonna be okay, is actually the thing that points to the fact that maybe actually he's probably not. I am okay. just really sick of India pretending to be a progressive country. I am Come really, on, really sick of like putting that's Dilly, like shoving Dilly in front of everyone's faces and shoving Bollywood and their actors in front of everyone's faces and making it look like we support gay rights, we support um the rights of minorities, we support free speech, we support like political freedom, that's we support women. Saying, yeah. Mm-mm. Honestly, Mm-mm. that's why. Sorry, that's you why can I have as many like... pride festivals as you want, and like have as many like women in CEO positions. Your country doesn't stand for it. Hundred percent. That's why I say like the violence against Punjabi Sikhs that we're seeing um, to this day and and the historical uh, precedent and like contingency that it has in India is very very intimately tied with Hinduism um, ideology and politics. You but know, that's what I mean. Like, but I just it's so that's what this is. That's what's pretending going on here. to be something that it's not. Yeah, that's what's going on here. This is not just like a, a standalone incident that, oh my God, yeah, it's just like regional localized beef yeah. between, you know, the Indian state and Sikhs and blah, blah, blah. No, this is a whole machinery that we're talking about. Yeah. You know, but this is a whole like instrument and apparatus of fascism that is eating India alive right now. And I just don't like say, for example, even if you were of the opinion that Amrit Paul Singh is dangerous and needs to be detained whatever how is stopping the internet clamping down on people socializing whatever how is that actually resolving the situation or aiding that in any way i don't understand they They just want people to suffer that's all it is like any anyone who supports any khalistan movement yeah and in the massive population of india we're obviously outnumbered as Punjabi, so i feel like even if they think like an uprising is ever, they're just trying to like keep pushing them down 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 and think that nothing will ever happen but obviously we are massively outnumbered so it's one of those ones where it's like but then again having said that they have tried multiple genocides in the past and it's not worked so a bit awkward yeah and I again mean, like you said eighty thousand piece person are looking for one guy and they can't find him if they have if he is like you said yeah. I mean, like you said, Simran, um, 
they are meant to be putting the internet back on in a number of places. However, these um, blackouts or these internet shutdowns, they're only in 24 hours. So it's like there was one 24-hour one and then there was another one and then there was another one. So for all we know, they very much could just do it again. again. Like yeah. I just think, like, stop and pretending well. to be a progressive democracy of a country because you're not. You're not. <laughs> like, just actually stop. Yeah, no, like, as I always say, this is what I tell people, like, all the, like, fascism that we're afraid of from Western leaders, like, Modi's their dad. <laughs> no, it's true. Modi's and that's really why, like, dad. I would never, ever accept anyone trying to tell me that I'm Indian because I'm not Punjabi all the time. All the time now. I also, literally like, not said it for years. That's, so this is the point that I was also going to make. I don't claim it. All, like, I don't understand on what basis anyone could be against, like, the creation of a, a Khalistani state, right? Because... The Indian state is a colonial construct anyway. Precisely. It's literally it's literally a a, a, a imperial hangover. That's and what's what, the that's story? What's the story it. that the line the line got drawn over like tea or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Over like brunch I mean, like, before, or something. Before stupid. the Brits came before the Brits came, they, these were all separate regions with their own cultures and their own people and, and of course there's a lot of cultural and political exchange between those areas, but that's at the discretion of the people that live in these places, do you know what I mean? Like, and and then it was the Brits that came and drew and and said all of you lot that speak different languages and and have different cultures and and all of these things, you lot just lump into this one country just for the ease of governance. That's all it was, eve of governance and administration. And now you know, four hundred years into the future, and you've got this one centralized government, which is not only just centralized; it is extremely right wing, trying to now Favors unify one and demographic. Yeah and govern this country full of languages, dialects, religions, cultures, and everything, and trying to govern it as one. And yeah, unfortunately, it's extremely right-wing, and it's trying to eradicate groups within that. And it's not just Punjabis, it's so many other groups within India as well. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So so even like ideologically, logically, the idea of, you know, Sikh Punjabi being kind of absorbed into a, uh, uh, you know, quote-unquote unified, Indian state, it doesn't even, it's, it's a colonial construct, guys. But you know, a unified Indian be, state doesn't make sense because it's never been unified to begin it's with. It's like unified. the it was, Britain just exactly. came and drew lines and mushed it all together, like you said, for ease of governance. It is never meant to be a unified state because everyone was, every region differed so much from one to the other. Between Pakistan and India, 100. it was all one. They drew the lines, man. <laughs> Yeah. makes no sense uh, and i'm tired i'm tired of britain and india how does that work this is what happens when you're in the diaspora you're just tired of pol- politics in both yeah, countries both places, trust me, I, hear an egg. I hear that yeah but yeah thank you both for coming on today it's been nice having both of you here the gang's all back together bye everyone thanks guys right it's time for this week's agony ante so for those of you that don't know though i don't know how you wouldn't know because this has been going on for nearly a month now but agony ante is a relatively new segment that we're doing here on mango masala it basically delves into you guys's actual real life problems confessions that sort of thing and we give you our expert advice so without further ado let's get into this week's a close friend of mine is getting married this summer and i'm so happy for her we've been friends for time the problem <laughs> the problem is i'm in love with her fiance <laughs> i want to tell her but 
I don't want to ruin our friendship equally. I feel like I need to make my feelings known to him, but I don't want him to to reject me. What should I do? Hold Get up, on your knees up. and beg God for forgiveness. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You mad, on, hang on, mad hang on, hang on. bitch. Hang on. Get on your knees and beg God. How can you? This is Despicable. If, if we are going to take lessons off Bollywood films, right? Oh Kuchota here. Similar situation. They went their separate ways. He ended up marrying the fiance. They have a kid. She died. R.I.P. No. Then they get together. So you no. just bide your time if you're no. meant to be. No. 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 Kuchota here was an exception everybody knows that Shahrukh Khan and Kajal are meant to is be it, well, maybe these are meant absolutely to be absolutely f- not what if that is because she said it her best friend's fiance not her best friend like they were best friends like Kajal and Shahrukh Khan they were best friends so I it's except it's an exception they were they had an exceptional relationship this is her <laughs> best mate's Man, you filthy little b- <laughs> Nah, I'm sorry, you're actually mad. You're actually mental. First and foremost, how do you, yeah? How do you get to, to the point where you're in love with him? Because people don't just fall in love like that. I, that rarely happens. Obviously, you must have caught yourself. You've got a little, little crush on him. All right, now you've got feelings for him. Okay, now they're developing. Oh, shit, now you're in love with him. All now they're getting married and you're still in love with the man. First and foremost, that's that's number one because from when you realise that like, I've got a crush on this person, which, okay, fine, people can't always help who they're attracted to. You draw that boundary. You take a step back. You don't continue kind of a friendship with him or being in close proximity to him. You sort your pattern, your feelings. And then I think at that point, if you had pattern, your feelings, probably the feelings would have gone and then you can come back and kind of maintain more of a friendship with him and or whatever. And you would do that out of respect for your best You friend. would, because that's not your man. That's your yeah. best friend's man. Secondly, the, the thing that really spun me was, I want to tell him, but I don't want him to reject me. So not you want to like tell you him, either. you want to tell him so he could be like, yeah, I feel the same way. So yeah, you want to teeth your best friend's man. You want to steal your best friend's. So you want your friend to die. You want your friend to fall down and die. That's your despicable. That's actually mad. That's crazy. That's so crazy. The advice that we're so saying. her intention, fully her intention is, I want to tell him so that me and him can be together. But my friend, I don't give a shit about her. Uh, f- off. Now the advice would be locate some shame, down- download some shame, go to therapy. Yeah, let the let the let the. There's something internal there that like you have to then take that person off your friend. You can't be happy. You can't pattern your feelings. You can't take a step back. Because all there now, yeah, exactly, you. exactly. All now, yeah, Anjali, she clocked that she's in love with Rahul and she left. She, removed she left, but that's what I'm saying. And she let him do his thing. That's what I'm saying. It no has man, for you to not. Think but this you've person got a is chance. In it. Say I'm not going to tell him. So this person ain't even on that. I'm not going to tell him so he can't reject, reject me. me. I don't want to tell him because what if he rejects me? Oh that's my what, god! So she wants. She has them. a chance. Yeah, though. that's what I'm saying. Let this like, spit, like the desired outcome is to derail the wedding, and then that's just, like, what I'm saying. She's trying to. She's trying to teeth her friend's man. You need to let the spirit of self-respect find you. 
That's what you need to do. I'm just saying, there's more to it internally than that. Yeah, hundred like, percent. There's something not right with you. Sort something out. Yeah, there's there's something not right with you because I, obviously I'm assuming if they're getting married, they must have been together for a couple of years at least. You must have been in love with him for a couple of years at least, like, and all now you've just been sat here plotting on your best friend's man. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Shame. Seriously, download shame. And that was this week's Agony Anti Special. Make sure that you tune in each week for a new confession, problem, etc. And also tune into our socials every Wednesday for visuals of such. Right, we have got my interview with Zah coming up very shortly. Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio, South Asian show. My name's Gerns and I'm here with... I've forgotten. I, I didn't even ask you, should I refer to you as Zah, Aaron? How do you want me to... <laughs> You can, Aaron's fine. I'm here with Aaron, yeah. aka Zah. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Very good, thank you. How about you? I'm good, yeah. I appreciate you taking the time to speak to us. Like, I'm enjoying as well. Like, um, for those of you that obviously are listening to this and not looking at the visuals, um, Aaron is currently on his lunch break. So I'm getting a tour <laughs> of what I presume is London. Yeah, I'm actually walking down Brick Lane right now. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah hang on, there you go. It's nice and bustling, as you can see. (laughs) Yeah, sun's out. It's all good. So for the people out there that maybe haven't heard of you before, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. uh, So, yeah, I'm a DJ, producer uh, and drummer, uh, part of the, like, Daytimers Collective as well. So, like, I help run stuff in the internal team. Um, Yeah, and I just put out, like, my latest EP, like, last, last week latest my debut EP is the only one I've got <laughs> so um I've just uh yeah it's been really good it's uh had like a really good response to it and uh yeah so for those that don't know the EP is called practice makes miracles right yeah that's what yeah it's obviously it's your debut EP how did it come about and how did you get to the place that you're like right this is what I want to release as my debut um piece of work it's been like quite a long time in the making like I spent about two years working on it so I think as with a lot of things like you know when we were in lockdown like during COVID and stuff like that um we you know many people had a lot of time just to sort of like sit down and maybe just like really go deep into stuff that they may not have had the opportunity to do so um just because there was like more time and um at the beginning of 2021 I was like I'm gonna have a crack at like trying to yeah like put out something a bit more substantial than just like because at the time I'd only really done like remixes for people and um I put out a track with my my friend Mandy as a more collaborative thing uh which is more hip-hop inspired but this time I was like no I'm gonna try and like go like go big (laughs) with it and um then I was like yeah let's let's just try and explore what I can do um and I didn't want the release to be like anything like I wanted it to be like different like people would be like oh that's quite um innovative <laughs> uh maybe not in- innovative because I don't think what I've made is actually innovative in in that respect but I just wanted to go big with it I suppose like just like make a statement and be like this is like like I wanted to make something that was worth people listening to so I did put a lot of effort into it yeah I just wanted to make something a bit grand with like the release and that sort of thing yeah so I decided to like make it like a whole like 20 minute piece that you can listen to in one go um 
which yeah ambitious that's what i was like for ambitious <laughs> like i wanted it to be quite an ambitious release um so yeah because of that i really took my time making sure that it was like very intricate and i wanted the like visuals around the release to be all very like meaningful and um yeah i just thought long and hard about how i wanted it all to like look and how the visuals like tied into like what the music like meant to me and what i was like going through at the time um so yeah i hope that's like come across when people hear it and like this and stuff like that you know so given that obviously like you said it's a piece that's meant to be listened to from start to finish for 20 odd minutes what was your reasoning for wanting to put out the tracks as individual as well rather than just putting out one sole piece do you know what i mean i wanted to give like listeners the option basically like you know if you wanted to listen to it one go i've made the whole piece for you one go to listen to but also you know a couple of the tracks are more like club club influenced as well so i did want people to be like you know you can play this in a club too if you'd like to um so that's why i also put out the individual versions of it too um so you know i kind of like i'm really influenced by like but like and, especially uh, with like the electronic side of things like stuff that works really well in a club but also you can put your headphones on and like have a really nice immersive intricate experience like listening to it so i wanted to make something that was like the midpoint of that um so that was like another reason that i kind of went i suppose ambitious with it in that respect and yeah so that's why i gave people the option to have like you can listen to it in one go or if you just want to listen to individual tracks like they work just as well standalone too um so yeah i wasn't too sure how well that would have like been executed but i think so far it's been yeah it's been fine <laughs> so. sure. touching upon your influences behind this project who would you say the main people or artists are yeah so especially with this i think you know floating points is a massive influence on the way that i produce stuff um and then I also got really into um, like Suzanne, sorry, Suzanne Giani, who is like a like an absolute master at like um, like modular modular synthesis, um, especially around like using Booker synthesis. So I kind of attempted to try and make something in that vein. No, it doesn't even come close to like what she can do. But um, you know, the third track on um, on the EP makes is like really influenced by that space because it's like the more ambient one and um when i was making the ep i was using these uh like Bukla, um like plugins which like they emulate the sound of it so i was learning how to sort of like use them in like software form because like yeah i can't afford like to <laughs> buy actual Bukla modules because they're really expensive um so yeah that um you know at the time i was also listening to like a lot of mala so I think some of that like real deep baseline dubstep stuff comes through. Obviously, like like being South Asian, I'm gonna try and sprinkle in like some of those influences as well. So I think that comes through in like the last track, Miracles, like, you know, a sub thing, a lot of like some like older Bollywood stuff in there, but like some of the breaks that are used, like and some like, other samples and that sort of thing. Um so I just went I think it's just like a real accurate representation of like all the mishmash of stuff that I'm really into and like I, I don't think I'm very good at making music that like just sticks to one genre. Like, and I think that's why the EP itself just like spans across like everything and anything. Like, I'm not very focused in that respect. Um, so it's just like a complete like yeah mixture of like all the things that I'm like really I was really into at the time and I still am into. Um, so yeah, I think like those are the things I really 
were quite inspired sure. inspired by it as well. Oh and, oh, and James Holden as well. I don't know if you're like familiar with his work, like especially his like earlier stuff, um, like really weird idiosyncratic sort of like electronic stuff that is a bit maybe a bit wild at times, but um, yeah, I like I really like that kind of stuff too. So thinking yeah. more about the actual um, name behind the project and how it's obviously split mm. into the individual tracks practice makes miracles they're kind of almost the opposite of each other because when i think of miracle when i think of miracles i think of something that's completely unexpected completely just it's it it, the reason it's a miracle is because you wouldn't have expected it to happen at all it's sort of out of the blue whereas practice Mm. obviously reinforces that idea of working continuously at something in order to achieve a desired result um so What what's the meaning behind that title? So it, I guess it kind of tied in with like me ambitiously thinking I could like put out put out anything like this in the first place, and like also like because I play drums, like I spend a lot of time like practicing. I don't have drum gear at home, um, but I do have like a practice pad, so I spend quite a lot of time like practicing rudiments and stuff like that. Um, and it just got you know those two things like. Also, also like when I was learning how to use these like Buka plugins that I mentioned earlier, and um, I learned a lot of new production techniques actually when I was making this um, EP, and it got me thinking like, oh, like practicing stuff is like, it's a really boring task and it can be really arduous. Like no matter what it is, uh, like you're doing the same thing over and over again. It's very repetitive, and you know it's just quite dull, and you know it's. Yeah, it's not something that people tend to find much enjoyment in doing. It usually feels like much more of a chore, if anything. But one day I remember like I was practicing like my drum rudiments, as I mentioned, and um, I did something that I never thought I could do. Like I just like played something really fast and I was like, wait, hang on a minute. Like, and it seemingly felt like it just came out of the blue. Like all of a sudden I could just do this thing that I never thought I could have done. And I know I suppose it's like common sense to be like, well, obviously, if you practice something like you're going to be able to do it. But it wasn't that aspect of it that really like struck me. It was the fact that how effortless and how spontaneous it felt. And I was like, oh, it kind of felt like miraculous like to me. And then, you know, when I finished up these tracks as well, with all these new production techniques I'd learned, I, again, I listened to them and I was just like, I never in my life would have thought I would have been able to make something that sounds like that especially like the second track um, on the EP uh, practice is was a real exercise in that because it's just stuff I never thought I would have been able to have done. Um, so that's why I called it that because it's like it was an honest representation of what was going on at the time of my life, especially, you know, being in lockdown and having time to actually practice stuff. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's why I called it that. And, you know, the artwork itself like really reflects that too. Like, basically and the sounds is all like juxtaposing like murky dullness with like shimmering like miraculousness um and that sort of thing um i think if you make like instrumental electronic music it can be quite hard to get across like what the songs mean to you um so i did i did the best i could with that sort of thing um because yeah, as I said, like I'm really into like the electronic side of stuff that works well as like solo listening and club stuff too. But sometimes club stuff like can be more 
like you know there's a functionality aspect to like club music um but i didn't really want to go down that road that's a very long-winded answer <laughs> oh um, definitely we, we, but, we yeah, want yeah. to understand the full process behind all of this and i was going to ask you about the artwork anyway so you've basically answered two yeah. questions in one there. i just wanted to know like what the link was because i think i've seen through what you've been putting out in terms of the actual um promo behind the release a lot of it has also yeah. been centered around the artwork so i was just curious as to what the link was yeah. between those two it, yeah it pretty much is that like but basically the artwork is actually it's actually a scarf that we have at home it's my partner's scarf like her nan um gifted it to her and i think it's i think it's from india but like you know it's always been in our house and yeah i think you know just staring at it almost like every day when we were in lockdown and that sort of thing like you know we just, i just looked at it one day and i was just like huh there's like actually kind of really yeah there's something metaphorical about this like just looking at like the colors and how there's like all these shimmering shimmery like sequins on it and then we juxtapose against this like darker background colors and i was like oh that actually like really ties in well with like what's going on in my life at the moment and um but i wanted to like make the picture make it a little bit more like of a striking image so you know I've had a lot of questions about the artwork because some people thought it was like a painting and some people thought it was like a digitally digitally um made image but I've been like no it's actually a photo <laughs> like we just took this scarf that um we had at home and uh like we made a makeshift photo studio so we like mounted it on this um black uh curtain and my partner's an absolutely brilliant photographer. Um, so, and then we've got like um, her brother involved as well, who's really good at like, you know, he streams and stuff. So he knows how to like, make his like studio at home like, look really nice. And he had all these lights. So we had these like red and purple lights that we were like moving around in this like makeshift studio. <laughs> and um, yeah, like found this really nice colors of like, you know, this red with this blue. And then we took some photos of it and then um sat down with my partner and we edited it edited it together to make the image of what it is and again it was like just a super crazy ambitious idea i had and i was just like i don't know how this is going to come out but it's worth like experimenting and giving it a try and it just it came out like exactly how i imagined it um and yeah it's just a representation of the people and uh I, I just couldn't be happier with like, how it looks and like i think to me obviously i'm gonna be biased but if I look at the artwork, I'm like, that's what the EP sounds like in my head. <laughs> so um, I don't know if other people think that, but um, I had good feedback about the artwork, so it was cool. And I actually put a, a little Instagram video up, like a little reel about like how we, little, you know, how we made the artwork. So like just because I was taking photos while everyone else was doing all the hard work. <laughs> I was just because I have no photography skills, really. So I was just standing at the back to sort of like i'll let everyone else get on with this and uh no but i'm really glad that it came out exactly as you desired and the same with the ep as well um obviously you've touched upon that it's had a positive reception um have you like do you want to go into that a bit more detail like what is the general consensus been behind it has anyone said anything interesting to you about it that you were like oh i never thought about it in that way sort of thing or has it been generally like people are getting what you wanted to put across I think it's that people have been generally getting what I wanted to put across, yeah, okay. which um, you're never sure about that until you actually like put it out. And like, I was terrified of that um, <laughs> initially. 
But what one thing people have been saying, which has been quite interesting, is that everyone has had like a different favorite song off of it. Um, and I always thought that oh, like maybe everyone would like, you know, the first track, which is called "Remember." I thought pretty much everyone would like that because it's like the most like singly of them all. Even though I didn't really put out a single, I just put the whole thing out in one go. Um, but I've had people just being like, oh, I actually really like the last track the most. Or a few people said they really like the ambient one the most. And a few people said they really like, you know, the second track, Practice, the most. And, um, so that's actually taken me by surprise because I just I just thought people would just like the first one. Um, and um, and that sort of thing. Uh, and I've also had people say that they really liked how it actually does really, you know, shift and move through all the movements in one go really seamlessly. Um, so yeah, I'm just really happy with that. Yeah, no, I'm really glad that you've had that positive feedback. Personally, I think my favorite track was Practice. So as adding oh, to cool. the tally of <laughs> I was liking what. Nice one. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you have just dropped this last week. Um, mm. So I wouldn't expect you to necessarily know what's coming next, but do you have an idea in terms of what, direction you want you want to go in in the future in terms of future projects that sort of thing or are you solely focused on this for now because i finished up this ep pretty much like well i finished writing it like towards the end of 2021 i'd say so basically once i'd finished writing all these tracks and i was like yeah i'm happy with them i started making new stuff so i'm already sitting on like a bunch of new tracks but these new ones i've got i definitely more on the club side of things they're not they're not as like i suppose introspective um so yeah I've, i'm just i'm just basically not really sure what to do with them <laughs> yeah at the moment um i kind of like hoard music and then when i feel ready to put it out i think i'll just put it out whenever i feel ready i think one thing i would like to do more of is like you know the way that i presented like practice makes miracles i want to keep that trajectory up with like my future releases um because, I don't know, to me, like, putting music out is, like, a really special thing. And I want everything I put out to be, like, really meaningful and, like, really, like, resonate with people. And, and it not just be, like, oh, hey, guys, I just put out this track. But I want it to be, like, no, like, this is, like, I think this is worth putting out into the world. And, like, I don't want to put out anything. Like, there's, there's so much stuff out there. And I just want to make sure that the stuff that I put out actually is, like, yeah, like, has a reason to exist out in there. So, you know, some of these tracks that I've made, I'm not sure if I'll put all of them out. But, yeah, I just have loose plans right now. I've got nothing to be that, that concrete. Um, although I did have a bit of a, like, a, I call them, like, inspiration strikes. I had a bit of an inspiration strike on Monday where I was kind of like, oh, like, I need to, like, knuckle down and actually make something that's very explorative. Is that a word? Explorative? <laughs> like, we'll that's very worse. like, yeah, we'll make it worse. Um, you know, I kind of had that feeling again, um, which is the feeling I had when I started working on Practice Makes Miracles. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Basically, that's the short answer. Yeah. <laughs> no, what, I think, yeah. I do think that's a really good place to be in, though, because I think it's much better to be in a place where you've got the music there. Maybe you put it out, maybe you don't, but you're not mm. pressuring, rising yourself. I mean, literally, the fact that you've had this mixed since the end of 2021 and are putting it out now mm. in March 2023, um, yeah. I think that's such a good position to be in as opposed to feeling a desperate need to, oh, I need to keep making music, I need to be putting out something every so often, like. Because I think yeah. then obviously 
the quality is inevitably going to diminish if you're just constantly pressurizing oh i need to put something out you know what i mean yeah 100 percent. and like you know I, I feel like now like especially now like i really feel that like there's there's always this constant urge and like you've got to put something out you've got to put something out like you've always got to be doing something and like i don't really think it's very healthy then i don't really have any intention to want to play into that at all because what matters to me most is like the quality of what i put out rather than the quantity of what i put out um which is why i'm really like, i'm really jealous of people like nikki Nair and like you know dj dj adhd and stuff because like they're constantly putting out music and it all bangs and i'm like how do you how are you doing this like you've got like your your work rate is insane and you're just constantly putting out all of these epic bangers and i'm like how are you doing it but yeah um i just don't think my brain works that way so i'm happy to just uh yeah just like take my time with things and like keep it trundling along yeah so for people that do want to keep up with your music um keep yeah. up with future projects your dj and drumming etc and um, where's the mm. best place for them to find you uh yeah instagram so my handle is at ajdzar um that's pretty much the same across all my socials so like soundcloud twitter facebook no, i don't use facebook much um uh even bandcamp as well like um it's all it's all there so like that's the best place to like keep up with what i'm doing i also do have like a, an email like list as well which i'm finding has been like very helpful because sometimes but like the instagram's algorithm doesn't pick up on like what you put what you post and i don't really have that much interest sometimes of like having to post like selfies of myself all the time just so that people can see what i'm doing um maybe a little bit to my detriment because you know like the way that i presented the ep out on my socials i was using all those like handwritten notes and like i don't think it caught into the algorithm very well so um yeah but then i was also like like there's a little bit of me giving them a finger up to instagram <laughs> a little bit as well you know um but um which i'm sure everyone can uh empathize with yeah but, for um, sure. yeah you know <laughs> so um but yeah uh ajdzar find me pretty much there everywhere well thanks so much for taking the time to speak to me today i really appreciate it on your lunch break and yeah. everything and again thank you for nah, the tour no that's fine um <laughs> i'm current where am i right now i'm opposite uh i'm opposite the truman brewery so which is cool they've got all these like brick lane jazz festival uh things there's a nice poster of sarathy korba opposite me staring at me in the face so it's all good uh but no thank you so much for um asking me to like yeah chat about the project and stuff really appreciate it and i hope like your listeners like it and whatnot so that was my interview with zar you will be able to see that on our socials very shortly in the forthcoming week thank you to everyone that has tuned in to mango masala today make sure you give us a follow on socials at mango masala radio 